0: There, working on a power pole just around the corner up here, and so uh, I realized that, that you know, probably one more time somebody was texting, ran out the road, and struck a pole. This accident may have been a total accident, may have been carelessness, it may have been direct rebellion, but regardless, the power was knocked out, it was gone. The power in David's life was knocked out when he got sidetracked in his lust. David, when he's supposed to go to battle, when he's, he's supposed to be out there doing what he's, uh, uh, God wanted him to do, as kings go forth to battle, he didn't do it. He, he stayed home. He was caught up in his lust. And I don't know if he was discouraged. Maybe he's getting a little older. I'm not sure what was going on with David. Maybe he's dealing with midlife crisis. I'm not sure what he was really dealing with. But what hap- I'm no longer dealing with midlife crisis. I passed it by okay so i'm just i'm in old life crisis now so what happened to, to david was no accident it was much worse than running into a light pole much worse and it's amazing though as i start looking at this how god dealt with the situation and see what god did is you know god is a consistent god god never changes And so what he does is that he begins to follow what he's going to later teach in Matthew chapter 18. Everybody look at Matthew chapter 18 right now. Uh, That's in your Bible. It's in the New Testament. Does that help you? Okay, it's so in your Bible, Matthew chapter 18, and I want you to go to verse 15. Now, we're going to look at a lot of verses today, but, but you know, we, we have a, little, a few extra minutes this morning. And so, um, Matthew chapter 18, verse 15, it says, Moreover, if thy brother shall trespass against thee, go and tell him his fault between thee and him alone. This is the way God says we ought to deal with issues and problems. You know, if you go, if we have somebody that's messed up, we need to go to them personally and privately. We need to go to them personally and privately, and that's what. And if you'll notice now, I read the rest of it, but but it, it says, um, "If he shall hear thee, thou hast gained thy brother." I mean, a wonderful thing if he listened to you. But if he will not hear thee, then take with thee to. Uh, t- take with thee one or two more that in the mouth of two or three witnesses every word may be established and so it's look if he's going to be argumentative if he's really not going to receive this 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 uh this correction uh then then you need to take somebody with you so that you have witnesses in it and it says, not if she'll neglect to hear them tell it unto the church but if he neglected to hear the church then it be unto thee as a heathen uh, man as a publican now now all of that is you know something for a later study but but what happens here is nathan follows this procedure nathan comes to david to address the situation of his sin just as we're we're to go to a brother privately nathan went to david and and as you read the passage there's no indication that anyone else was present when he spoke with david So we see the procedure that God's going to lay out later in the New Testament, but you say, well, that wasn't even written. It comes later. No, it was always written. And God, it was always God's way, it just we, we were able to see it with our eyes and, uh, in printed form uh, later on. But uh, So the procedure of his son, we see in this case the procedure had to go no further than the very beginning of it, where he said go to him and go to him privately. Uh, and that's the next great point in this story, David's response to Nathan. And this is, is so good because we need to realize, you know, David messed up really bad, but David also gives us how you ought to respond. And so, you see, at first, while the story is being told, the illustration is being given, David does not realize, this is the first thing I want us to realize, that David doesn't realize that the connection between he and God had been broken. David had a relationship with God, but it had been broken and he didn't even realize it. He could still see the little symbol of that power. It was still up there. And he still thought he was connected to God. David was so sure of his standing with God that he readily pronounced judgment on this fictitious person. He hears a story. It's not a true story. It's a, it's a story that, that Nathan's coming and presenting to David. It is a true story in a sense that David is, we're going to find out, is the man. But this fictitious person, he was the king. David was the king, anointed by God to pronounce judgment on this evildoer. And David thought, you know, God's with me, and, and, and man, I've got to stand against evil. But all along, the power was gone. The router was sending out a false signal. There was no internet behind it. That signal was on my phone just like that, but there was no internet there. Because the router was still sending out its signal, but it wasn't being it had nothing coming to it. This is similar to Samson, Samson in Judges 16:20, and he said, "The Philistines be upon thee, Samson." And he awoke out of his sleep and said, "I will go out as at other times before, and shake myself." And he wist not that the Lord was departed from him. He didn't, he didn't recognize. He said, oh, I'm going to shake myself because time after time she had tempted him and he had given her some false story about where his power lay and, the, and then finally he told her the truth that it, you know, his hair had never been touched and never been cut and that was his commitment to God uh, to, as a Nazarite vow. And, and so, uh, you know, and here he just, he gets up and he shakes himself because Samson forgot that you got to stay connected to the real power. Now, again, the most wonderful thing about this story is David's reaction to Nathan and David's reaction to God's pronounced judgment. Because in David's situation, Nathan doesn't just come and say, hey, you're the one, you're guilty. He goes on and says, not only are you the man, but this is what's going to happen now. You're going to be punished, and this is what's going to take place. And and he lays it out, all these things are going to go on to David. The great reset button is only pushed, though, by sincere humility and submission to God. When we submit to God's will and God's power, you see, this is what David did. David admitted his sin. Without hesitation, without debate, without excuse, he admitted his sin. Folks, it doesn't matter how many excuses we can come up with. They they don't count we got to face God for what we did. He admitted his sin against God, not just man. There there was not a, listen to me, here's what happens so often. This was not a momentary remorse because of the consequences. It was true repentance. And you say, how do you know it was? Turn to Psalm 51. Turn to Psalm 51. We'll find out that this was not a momentary David saying, Oh, wow, uh, Nathan, yeah, you got me. You caught me. You know, I'm sorry. Now, you you know, because I had no choice to be, be sorry because I'm caught. Look at Psalm 51. Now, even before the verses begin, it says, To the chief musician, a psalm of David, when Nathan the prophet came unto him after he had gone into a Bathsheba. So we know what this psalm is about. He says, verse 1, Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy lovingkindness. According to the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgression. He's appealing to God's mercy. That's why you hear me pray over and over again, God, thank you for your grace, your mercy, your patience with us. He says, wash me throughly from mine iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. And and that's what 1 John tells us that he will do. He will cleanse us. Listen, he says, for I acknowledge my transgression and my sin as ever before me against thee and thee only have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight. He said, God, I know that I'm wrong and I did it To you. Do you understand, folks, when we sin, it's really not a sin against others or sin against society, it's a sin against God. He says, that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest and be clear when thou judgest. And I know I'm reading a lot of verses today, but, it, but you have to read this whole thing because this is his whole pouring out about where he's at. He says, behold, I was shaped in iniquity and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, thou desireth truth in my inward parts and in the hidden part thou shalt make me to know wisdom. He, David says, look, God, you're dealing with me that it's not just this issue. You're searching my entire being. Yeah. You're going down through me. You're searching my inward parts. He says, and once you get there, God purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me to hear joy and gladness that, thy, uh, that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. Hide thy face from my sins and blot out all of mine iniquities. Listen to this. I love this. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Listen, folks whether we know it, listen, if you're struggling right now with some depression, if you're struggling with discouragement, if you're struggling feeling like you even want to go on in 2018, if you're battling with having the right spirit and the right attitude, let me just ask you, let God search you today. Let God search you today. You don't have to live that way. In David, in David's case, all this takes place because he sinned and he covered his sin. He says, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence and take not the Holy Spirit from me. And, and folks, listen, I, I beg you. Uh, your, your whole attitude, your whole spirit will change when the Holy Spirit is in control. But but do you understand it it, it can happen in a moment with an attitude? It can happen in a a moment of anger. And and the Holy Spirit who was in control. The moment we're saved, the Holy Spirit comes in. But it's different from him being in control. The Holy Spirit comes in and renews our spirit and he lives within us and he he, he seals us to the day of our redemption. But but that's totally different from us being yielded and controlled by the Holy Spirit. There's all kinds of different terms out there about it, but, but the simple truth is what David realized here is that the Holy Spirit had departed from him. That the dove that came down had flown away and he says restore unto me the joy of my salvation of thy salvation not my thy salvation and uphold me with thy free spirit that's where real freedom comes from when the Holy Spirit is in control of our lives and and we let him Lord search me cleanse me, mold me, make me, when when he is in control, then that's when we sense freedom. Because we can live our lives in peace with God, in joy, as the scripture says. He says, restore unto me the joy of thy salvation uphold me with thy free spirit and and just a little addendum he says then will i teach transgressors thy ways and sinners will be converted unto thee you know what god says once you really get cleansed once you really get yielded to the spirit of god he said you know a byproduct of that is you're, you're gonna you're gonna reach out to the lost now He says, verse 14, Deliver me from blood guiltiness, O God, thou God of my salvation, and my tongue shall sing aloud of thy righteousness, O Lord. Open thou my lips, and my mouth shall show forth thy praise, for thou desirest not sacrifice, else would I give it. Thou delightest not in burnt offering. The sacrifices of God, what God really wants is not for us to put some animal on an altar and burn it. The sacrifice God wants is a broken spirit. He he wants us to, to break our pride and break ourselves and say, God, you're in control. You, you mold me. You're the one. You're the potter. I am the clay. Yeah. Now, you go to verse 19. It says, then shalt thou be pleased with the sacrifices of righteousness, with burnt offerings and whole burnt offerings. Then shall they offer bullocks upon thine altar. He said, you know, the things, the service that we do for you, it's got to come after our heart is right. Too many people get get this all out of whack, and they try to serve God to try to make God pleased with them. Listen, service comes after you have your heart right with God. When we finally recognize that we've done something that diminishes the power to our lives, then we must press the reset button. The reset button of humility, submission, confession to God, and true repentance. And this is what happens in David's life. But here's what happens so often, folks. We, we, we're humanity and we're people of pride. And here's what happens so often. And, and, and understand this. My, my job, part of my job is loving you enough to sometimes even privately looking at you and saying. Your head the wrong direction. You say you think you're God? No, I don't. I'm not, not, and never will be even close to it. But this is where the 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 pastor, what God does. He he puts us here to to help the people, to guide the people, to teach the people, to direct them, and even to protect the people. But I'm a, think of the comments that normally come out of our mouths when somebody looks at us in love and says, I'm afraid you're messing up. Here's what we say. You have no right to say that. You can't know that that's true. You can't prove that. You're judging me. Who are you to talk to me like that you're no better than i am and who do you think you are well i'm going to tell you the answer when somebody comes to you and tries to help you the answer to who do they think they are they think they're someone who loves you enough To tell you the truth. And it's for your own good. You see God will bring judgment for sin. But confession. I want you to listen to this. But confession of sin greatly affects. What that judgment will be. And how it will be enacted. This brings us to the result of the reset button. You see. Nathan has come, and David hears all this pronouncement. And here's what David does. In in total simplicity and humility, he simply says this. David says, I have sinned. I have sinned. And here's what's so incredible about the results of the reset button. Here's God's answer to David's response. And Nathan said unto David, The Lord also hath put away thy sin, thou shalt not die. Instantaneous. David says to Nathan, simply in humility, David says to Nathan, I have sinned. David sa- Nathan says, Thou art the man, and here's what's going to happen. David says, you're right, I am the man, I have sinned. And Nathan says, okay, here's what God's going to do. He's going to forgive you. He put away your sin, David. The moment you said, I have sinned, he put it away. And watch this, he's even going to change what would have happened. Thou shalt not die. The Lord forgives the sin immediately and gives grace to the humble. You know, when you set the reset of the router... You, you, you need to wait maybe 30 seconds before you turn it back on, and then maybe it takes a, a two or three or four or five minutes for it to, to fully reboot and come back on. You know, it's a weak illustration, but David was forgiven immediately, and he was restored his life. But there was going to be some extremely severe inconvenience for a while. Even though you reset the router and it still shows you that, and it's not quite on yet. And that says, God says, listen, we're back connected now. We've reset and the power's coming back. But it's taken a little bit before we're going to be flowing like we used to flow because we got to deal with some issues. And you say, why wouldn't God just wipe it all away? He tells David, because you did this in the sight of everybody. Listen, if we just, if we sin publicly, and if we sin and everybody knows about that sin, let me just tell you, God says that you got to smite the scorner so that the simple will beware and be wise. Like I said, it's a weak illustration, but it's just the way God directed my heart. Many many would suffer, and David would suffer. Even though his sin was eternally forgiven, he would have to temporarily endure pain. The great reset button of 2018 needs to be pushed today. And, and that's the whole message today. The great reset button for 2018, not just for you, it's for me. It's for every one of us. Listen, we get accustomed to. Forgive me, we get accustomed to allowing things that God says are not good. He Sometimes they're not sin, sometimes they're weights that so easily beset us. God calls those weights things that we just need to clean out, things that have just taken too much attention, things that have taken over. When God says, I need more of your attention, I need you to walk with me more, I need you to be with me more. If you have anything between you and the Savior, push the reset button today. When I when I preach like this, and and I know this before I ever do, we, it's going to be a limited altar call. Okay, I know that, and I'm going to just tell you why, and I'm going to just I'm I'm going I'm to put it out there to tell you. You don't have to come to an altar to 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 to, to get straight with God. Okay, I'm going to just tell you that you don't have to do that. But but here's here's what happens is. We, we hear a message like this, and our pride does not want to let others know that we might need a reset. And so, what happens is, is that we, we think, oh, well, uh, you know, I don't man, if I go up there, no telling what people are going to think I did. No telling what people are going to think I'm struggling with. Let me just tell you why did, why did God, uh, why did the church begin, and, and why did altar calls ever come? Because there is a point where God wants us to humble ourselves. We won't humble ourselves to God or man. But we need to. If David, think of this, if David had gone to God, if David had gone to Nathan, before God had to send Nathan to David, I wonder how that would have changed the whole outcome of everything that took place see how would it change you see verse 12 says for thou didst it secretly but i will do this thing before all israel and before the son i wonder if that would ever even been written if the moment david had sinned with bathsheba he had gone to to god about it If David had gone to Bathsheba, maybe Uriah would have never died folks, all of us forgive me, all of us sin, all of us and and you know we categorize it all, and so we can we can just say that okay. Uh, I understand, you know, nobody in here would commit any bad sin, but in the sight of God, it's all sin. Well, what is? If you ever, I I used to deal, you know, when I was in law enforcement, and then I you know, I went to to college, and of all things, after I graduated, they hired me to to to, to work discipline at the college, and so. Uh, I, would, I would have to deal with a lot of kids, thousands of kids over the, over the years uh, that I was there. And, 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 you know, it's amazing. And I would beg them before I would talk to them, just don't lie. And I'd tell them, you know what, look, if you don't lie, you're not going to have to remember what you said. Okay, because if it's a truth, it'll already be there. But it's a lie. You got to try to remember how you lied. And in about 30 minutes, I'm going to come back and ask you something that you won't know that I'm asking the same question, but I'm asking it a different way, and when you get confused on that answer, we both know it's a lie. Because the truth is easy. But you know every time they would lie, they would end up telling another lie and another lie and another lie and another lie and another lie, and another lie because they kept trying to cover up that lie. So we just get deeper and deeper and hurt more and more. And this is what happens to David. David, yes, he, he, he committed a horrible sin, uh, the sin of adultery. But if he had gone to God at that moment and said, dear God, forgive me, then he wouldn't have gotten a false signal anymore. He would have had a direct connect to God again. And I can't imagine if David had reconnected to God that he would ever ordered the murder of Uriah. Today is the best day to punch the reset button of our lives. Start the year the way it should have been. It should be started. Continue it the way God would have it. The reset button needs to be pushed about the Bible, folks. Uh, uh, 2018, and listen, if you haven't read your Bible in 2018, you need to start today. We need to get in the Word of God today. We need to get in the Word of God and punch the reset button that today's going to be a better year in, in the Word of God. We need to punch the reset button about prayer. We need to, one of the reasons uh, that we do our prayer and fasting, we're, and we're going to, uh, as soon as things get settled about Africa, I'll be settling the date that we'll start a corporate fast. One of the things that I encourage that for the church is because we need a reset button uh, every year about prayer and Fasting need a reset button about the church Listen, I would I, I I would tell those sailor boys before they would leave, before the holidays, they were going to take off on December 17th, 18th, 19th, somewhere around there. They're not going to come back to after New Year's. They're going to usually miss three Sundays from church, and some of them had been faithful. Some of them had been growing. They'd gotten saved. They may be called a priest. And I would tell them before they left, I would say, fellas, listen to me. I'm going to come back to the base. I'm going to walk on this base in January. You're going to walk past me, and some of you are going to try to look away like you didn't see me and try to get around me because you got away from God. And I would tell him every time, listen, don't do that. Listen to me. I don't care what you did. Come on home. Because it won't get better trying to escape. It'll get worse. And I beg you, this is time to punch the reset button about being in church. Listen, it's not for me, I didn't create the church, Jesus did. I didn't die for the church or shed my blood for the church, Jesus did. And it must be important to God and important to Jesus for him to do that. And it must be here, and it's the place that where we grow, it's the place where we're edified. And, and listen to me, uh, I heard this years and years ago, uh, my preacher said that the average lifespan of, the, of, a, of a zealous Christian is about three to five years. You know what that means? And that means that we, we, we jump in and, and as soon as it starts to kind of lose its excitement or in the newness or we figure kind of we've learned everything now, we start to drift away because we don't need it. Listen to me. until the day you die, you need to gather with fellow believers. To the day you die, you need to be in the Word of God, hear in the Word of God, preach faith, cometh by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. And how shall they hear except there be a preacher? Hey. Reset button for souls. Got right. to win another man through our food bank th- this week, and God bless him. Reset button for service. Reset button for others. Maybe we just need to punch the reset button in our life and say, God, you know what? Uh, you know, maybe maybe I'm weary, and, and maybe maybe I've been discouraged. But dear God, I've got to get back to you i got to get that thing so it doesn't just show me power there is power don't live with a false signal that shows there's power when there's not and that's what happens to us and that's why we're so easily discouraged defeated depressed because we're not connected And God made it so easy, it's as easy as walking over to the box and disconnecting the power and reconnecting, (laughs) punching a reset button. It resets. And God said, how do you do that? If you confess your sin. How do you do that? Say, Lord, I know I haven't been reading my Bible like I should. I'm going to. God be my witness. God be my help. I'm going to. Because I want to be connected to you. I know I haven't been praying like I should, but God, I need you. I need you, and I'm going to pray more this year than I've ever prayed before. And and, and I may not have started out right, but that doesn't make any difference. I'm starting today. Did you know that every day is a new year? So don't live with the false signal. Let's get connected. Father, I pray that you bless Lord Jesus. I, I pray that we as a people here at Calvary would would do this very thing, that we as a corporate body would just decide we're gonna we're gonna punch a reset button. I jokingly walked around as we were taking down the Christmas decorations and and I started singing, It's it's the most terrible time of the year because that's kind of what we we go through this high and the excitement and the vacations and and all the family and all the things and then we suddenly wake up in January to cold and bland and dreariness and realize that during all of that activity we probably strayed away a little bit that we're not quite as close and we might even got to the point where we keep looking at the symbol and thinking, Lord, I...